Now available on Amazon.com in print and Kindle. From Sweetie Cat Press, the who's who of Emerging Writers 2021, which includes the bios of 128 modern-day writers and seven essays by writing influencers. The bios answer the questions. What do they write? Where do they live? When did they start writing? Why do they write? And how you can find out more about them and more. I'm Christopher Bice. I'm the author of a New Age poetry book called Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. This isn't one of your grandmother's poetry books. Okay, I do some traditional poetry of love, death, and inspirations. But I also write about all the insanity hiding in my mind. Come experience the stories that are fleeing a tortured mind. Ride the wave of emotion and fear. Shed a tear, find the light, or maybe learn to fear the darkness. We are in the final countdown. Look for my book, Escaping the Darkness, coming this June. And tell your grandma to stay away. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMart.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. For more information, go to www.MythMart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at MythMart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show.
Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 49 of Lupa's Bits. Yes, the countdown is on. Um, I'm your host, Lupa Barty, and you can call me, I don't care, you can call me whatever you want. I go by other names, you know them, they're there. We're at episode 49, if you haven't figured out what my other names are now, sucks to be you. Okay, so, it's Friday, which means I am back at home. <laughs> Yay. I'm not recording at home, so you'll have to bear with me. But by the time y'all listen to this, I will have my keister firmly planted on my couch, watching endless hours of probably, I think I'm probably going to binge like the whole Avengers thing again, because I'm like seriously crushing on Loki lately. Um, we're going to talk about that later. I mean, I guess, okay, I get it. We have nerd shows on our network, and I'm pretty sure the three no's have covered Loki, but I need to talk to, I need, I just, yeah, I need to talk about Loki because I'm just, <sighs> and it's only two episodes in. Okay. Anyway, we're going to start the show with, um, I actually didn't write down any housekeeping this week. Holy crap. I thought I was starting a thing last week and pfft, yeah, you know, it lasted a week. No housekeeping this week. Other than the plugs and the banners are still rolling in, we're going to have some new ones added. Myth Mart is now live. If you didn't see me running around in nothing but a tank top, consider yourself fortunate. I'm not exactly sure what inspired me to make those three little commercials, but, you know, completely off the cuff, totally fun, and let a whole bunch of people know that Myth Mart is live, and you can get books and prints and lithographs and t-shirts, and yeah, a whole bunch of cool stuff. So head over to mythmart.com. I'm pretty sure you heard the commercial at the beginning of the podcast anyway, but you know what? I'm going to plug it again because, you know, that's just who I am. What else do I have for housekeeping? Uh, working diligently on a new book that is coming out in July. And once I get the go-ahead from our fearless leader, I will tell you what that book is going to be. Until then, it's a secret. But it's coming out the beginning of July, so yes, I have been working feverishly to get the first round of edits done and get them back to the author. Fairly excited about this. I've also gotten some new sub new book submissions for Dark Myth Publications, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to be looking through those and checking all those out and, you know, doing my thing because, you know, I am the editor-in-chief for Dark Myth Publications. And yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm actually really starting to enjoy this position um, because I get to read. I haven't had time to sit and read recreationally. Just grab one of my favorite books, curl up on the couch or on the bed or on the floor or in a lawn chair and just read. So now that um, we have gone public with our submission search, I'm getting to read some really great books and I'm I'm really enjoying it because, you know, yeah, I'm working and, and I'm editing it and I'm, you know, making decisions, yay or nay, but I'm getting to read and I don't, I miss reading. I missed just getting absorbed and, and lost in somebody else's story. I mean, yes, okay, I edit the magazine every month, so I get to read, you know, 
15 to 20 different stories, but it's not, it's not the same as getting lost in a book. And, you know, you're turning pages and it's like two o'clock in the morning and you're like, okay, just one more chapter. And then you realize you've read two pages past. Okay, well, now I have to finish this chapter. And then it's dawn and the book is done. And I've done that. But I'm really enjoying the reading aspect of the job. like Because I miss reading. I used to read avidly. I would devour anything with words. Really, I would. And uh, I miss that. And I've got that back now. So thanks for that. I'm enjoying it. Um, okay, so... How far in are we? I'm probably like too early in the podcast to do this. Yeah, we're not even at five minutes yet, but we're going to do it anyway because I'm going to do more than one. Um, I started a segment last week called Fun Fact Friday, and I gave you the little fun fact about Lake Superior and the fact that if you need to dispose of a body, it is actually the best place to do so. Disclaimer, I am not telling you to dispose of a body in Lake Superior or a pig farm, or bury it in a hole and plant endangered plants on top. I'm not telling you to do any of those things. I'm just saying, if a body were to accidentally fall into Lake Superior after dying from extenuating circumstances, let's say, and it sunk to the bottom, the bacteria would not grow, so the body would not rise to the surface and it would not be found. So anyway, I shared that little fun fact with you last week, and it had a little more detail in it than the fun facts that I'm going to bring to you this week. So I'm actually going to share a few with you. I found this really neat little website. Now, a lot of these, unfortunately, or fortunately, it depends on which side of the border you're on as you're listening to this podcast, are American. So I don't know, apparently Canada doesn't have very many little fun facts. Oh, hold on. Actually, you know what? I have the technology. Why am I hearing? A, I'm hearing a bell. I don't. Oh, <laughs> okay. I can't yell at anybody in the house for that bell that you may hear in the background. Uh, way back in the days of Think Horse and Buggies, there would be this guy that would go around and he would ring the bell on his horse and people would bring all of their kitchen knives, their carving knives, their hunting knives out, and he would sharpen them right there on his cart. Well, that still go. Here's a little Canadian fun fact for you. That still goes on to talk about, you know, the universe giving you something. That still goes on today. This guy drives around in what looks like an ice cream truck, and he rings this old-fashioned bell, and you bring out your, your kitchen knives and your carving knives and your hunting knives, whatever sharp objects, your axes, and he's got a grinding wheel in his truck, and he sharpens them for you right there on the side of the road, the end of your driveway. You pay the man, you get your sharpie pointy things back, and you bring them back into your house. So I thought that was very cool. And to hear this just now, to hear that bell in the background, and I'm hoping when I'm done the podcast, I can go back and I can find that section and I can amplify it for you because it's one of those old town crier bells that he uses, like those great big brass ones on the wooden handle. And he just rings that thing. I mean, that guy's got to have arms like 10 inches at least on him. So yeah, there's a Canadian fun fact for you. <laughs> he still drives around town like the ice cream man. And now you see all, instead of all the little kids running out with their money going, ice cream man! Now you see all the women and, and all the husbands running out going, it's the sharp pointy dude! And with their knives, you know, running down the driveway, knives flying. Here you go, sharpen my knives. So yeah, that still goes on today. And I'm not even exactly sure how long 
ago that that was started. But I mean, I I know from watching um, a TV show called Murdoch Mysteries, and that is all based in the very beginnings of Toronto, back when the police were actually called the Constabulary because it was still very much under British influence. We didn't call them the police. We called them the constabulary. And we're talking horse and buggies and Toronto in the very early stages of being a city. And they had these little dudes going around sharpening knives. And (laughs) that's kind of neat. So, okay. So, fun facts. American fun facts. So this one I actually did find kind of interesting because I am really, really big on synchronicity and coincidences. So three presidents, all founding fathers, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe, okay, all died on the 4th of July. Now, President Adams and President Jefferson also died the same year in 1826. President Monroe died in 1831. Coincidence? You decide. But that's kind of strange. I honestly don't think. And if you look at all the like the horrible things that have happened to the United States presidencies over the years, I don't think that would be a thing that I would want to aspire to as a small child or astronaut. That's another job that I don't think I'd want to aspire to. Just saying. Um, and it was funny because when I can't even remember what spaceship it was. I know Krista McCullough was on the spaceship. She was a teacher And we all watched the launch in class and the explosion of said space shuttle in class. And that very day, several of the boys in my class decided they no longer wanted to be astronauts. Two of the weirder ones decided they wanted to be coroners. I don't know. Very strange. Anyway, okay. So one of president, this is another presidential thing. And this one kind of made me go, wow, they really needed TV or radio or a book. One of President John Taylor's grandsons is still alive today. And President Taylor was born in 1790. Now think about that. So he was born in 1790 and one of his grandsons is still alive today. Now how is that possible? Because President Taylor, who's the 10th who was the 10th US president, was 63 when his son Leon, I'm going to assume that's how you pronounce that's how we pronounce it in Canada, but you know, in the states it could be lion. I don't know. His son was born in 1853. Now, Leon's son was born when he was 75 years old. (laughs) Can you imagine? Could you imagine being 75 years old and becoming a new dad? I, 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 I can't. I cannot wrap my brain around that. So President Taylor's living grandson, Harrison Taylor is 92. Now, Leon's other son, Leon Jr., passed away in 2020 at the age of 95. The Taylor family still maintains the president's home in Sherwood Forest Plantation in Virginia. That's a long time for a presidential home to be in the family. (laughs) You imagine 75 years old. Congratulations, you're a new parent. I think I'd probably have heart failure right then and there. I love kids, but at 75, I want to be able to give them back after a few hours. Okay, let's see. Let's see if I can find another interesting fun fact. Let's see. Oh, here we go. And I think everybody knows this. And if you don't, when you hear it, you'll kind of go, yeah, I kind of knew that. So the Earl of Sandwich, okay? John Montague. 
He lived in the 1700s and reportedly invented the sandwich so he wouldn't have to leave his gaming table to eat. One of the greatest inventions since sliced bread, which was first manufactured by machine and sold in the 1920s. Just saying. The greatest thing since sliced bread to use sliced bread was created out of the height of laziness. He didn't want to get up and leave his gaming table and lose his spot to go and get food. So he created the sandwich. Okie dokie. They say that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. All right, I'm not reading that one because I really don't care about college football. It's not a thing for me. Ooh. Okay, so I have to travel through, I think, three of these states when I drive to California. So I might actually modify my trip so that I can actually hit this spot because I think it would be very, very cool. It's called the Four Corners. And it's the only place in the U.S. where you can stand in four states at once. And it's Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. And I think that would be kind of cool. I think I'm going to add that to, I say I have a musical bucket road trip bucket list that I am adding to as I'm mapping my trip. I'm adding to it. And I think that is going to get added to it just as a, because it'd be really, really cool. <laughs> if I played Twister, I could have one hand in Utah. I'm not sure how they go. So if I'm wrong, you know, it's going to look like a really funky Twister. So I'm going to have one hand in Utah, one hand in Colorado, a foot in Arizona and a foot in New Mexico. I mean, four states at once. And I could literally say I'm in four different places at one time. Here's an interesting little Canadian fun fact. Did you know that Canada is south of Detroit? Canada is south of Detroit. Look at a map. I'm telling you. Look at a map. Okay, so this next fun fact is a little weird. A little weird. The original name for the search engine Google. What do you think it might be? Take a guess. Take a wild guess. Anything. Whatever. Throw something out there. The original name for the search engine Google was Backrub. Backrub. It was renamed Google after the Google, which is, I think, that's, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, which is the number one followed by 100 zeros. My live studio audience is mouthing things. I'm really going to have to teach him how to write backwards. Oh, he's going to unmute. Hold on. Hold on. I might have to pause because he's going to unmute. And if I don't pause, you'll hear him. The original name of Google or Googleplex, as I was just informed by my live studio audience, was Backrub. And you hear a lot of us, especially on Three Nose, they use it, um, and that's where I kind of stole it from, you know, to the Google machine, to the Backrub machine. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. <laughs> Doesn't quite have the same meaning. Yeah, I'm glad they kind of changed that because that's just weird. Wow. Okay, so the oldest living, the oldest known living land animal is a tortoise named Jonathan. He is 187 years old. He was born in 1832 and has lived on the island of St. Helena in the Atlantic Ocean since 1882. Wow. 187 years old. Good Lord. Can you imagine what he's seen? Okay. <laughs> Here's a shitty fact for you. Wombats are the only animal whose poop is cube-shaped. Think about that for a minute, okay? This is due to how its intestines form the feces. The animals then stack the cubes to mark their territory. Could you imagine, as a human being, pooping a cube? Think about a dice. It's square. Now, 
the average poop is a little bigger than a than a dice. So, you know, make it a little bigger. Not quite Rubik's Cube, but, you know. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I do not want to come back as a wombat in my next life. Okay, so here's an, an interesting thing. The heart of a blue whale, it's the largest animal on Earth, is five feet long. Now, if you've met me in person, I am five foot three. So this whale's heart is pretty much the size of me. I can peek over the top of it by about three inches. So it is five feet long and weighs 400 pounds. Now, the whale weighs 40,000 pounds. So, you know, kind of small heart for a big whale. Now, in comparison, an elephant's heart weighs around 30 pounds. So you know how big a, a, an elephant is, and their heart only weighs 30 pounds, and this whale's heart weighs 400 pounds. He wouldn't be able to move if he was land, if he was on land. That's probably why he's in the water. And a human heart only weighs a mere 10 ounces. I did not know this, actually. Elephants can't jump. Nope, they cannot jump. Octopuses have three hearts. Yeah, you're getting a whole lot of fun facts today because I'm not exactly sure what else I have to talk about. Not a whole lot's happened to me. I have no ranting this week, which is unusual. I haven't gone anywhere or really done anything to have anybody tick me off. Um, I mean, I could rant about the usual border stuff. I could rant about the AstraZeneca kerfuffle and, you know, is it okay? Is it not okay? What's going on? I could rant about, pretty much, I could rant about a lot of things. Really, I can't. But I don't really see the point. I'm kind of, today's kind of a, ugh, I don't know. I just, I, I don't care. That seems to, it's my line today. I don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. My monkeys fly. I've used that a lot over the last couple of days. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. Now, it's kind of been, a, I, I've used that whole, you know, it's not a loop of problem. It's a, whoever happens to be causing the problems problem. I've had to disengage myself from a few things going on around me in my life because it's not things that I'm going to be able to control once I am no longer involved. They are not things that I actually really have a whole lot of say in. I am just the temporary person in the temporary position doing the temporary thing until the full-time people come back. So I've had to kind of go, you know what? It's not my issue. I'm sorry that it's upsetting you and that it's it's making you want to offer me advice on how to deal with this, but this is no longer my problem. It can't be my problem because when I leave, it stays here and I can't take it with me. Speaking of temporary, I'm going to discuss a few temporary things. We're going to go through a few more fun facts because I'm not done with that. You know what is I'm being glared at? Or he was scratching one of the two. <laughs> I don't know. All of a sudden, this face got really close to the camera. And I was like, what the hell was that? Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Because you know how people always say, I have really strong fingers. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't have strong fingers at all. There are absolutely no muscles in your fingers. I did not know that. Their function is controlled by the muscles in your palms and your arms. So you can have really strong hands. You can have really strong palms. But you don't have really strong fingers. Hmm. Okay, so this next one, I think I might actually have to row up a little bit of a disagreement with. Yes, I understand scientifically I can be proven wrong, but I'm going to back my my theory up with really good theory. <laughs> So this one says that the hardest working muscle in your body is your heart. 
and it pumps more than 2,000 gallons of blood a day and beats more than 2.5 billion times in a 70-year lifespan. I don't know. I think the hardest working muscle in my body personally and probably my nephew's body and a few other family members that I'm not going to mention in their body would be their tongue because they never shut up. And I'm pretty sure my nephew talks in his sleep. So, you know, yeah, I get it. The heart could probably catch up to that while you're sleeping because you're not talking. Uh, But I think he talks in his sleep. I don't know. I think it might be a close race between the tongue and the heart. Because there's been a few times that my mouth has kept going, but my heart has stopped. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> okay. Oh, this one's neat. And I, I guarantee you, um, there's going to be at least two listeners, two listeners that are going to try this after I read it. It is impossible to hum while holding your nose. You think I'm going to try it? Actually, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to turn my camera off, though, so that my studio audience cannot see me. Looking absolutely ridiculous. Actually, we'll just turn it because when I turn it off, sometimes it doesn't always come back on. Okay, so we're going to give this a try. We're going to hold our nose. There we go. We're holding our nose. And now we're going to try and hum. Um, um, okay, you really, you can't. You cannot hum when you plug your nose. You can't do it. It doesn't work. I tried it. You can't do it. If you can do it, there's something wrong with you. So if you can do it, let me know. I want video proof that you can do this. Okay, so three more fun facts and we are out of here. Oh, ew, ew, ew. Could you imagine? Oh, okay. So the longest, this is a really gross, it's not so much a fun fact as it is an ew. The longest fingernails ever were over 28 feet in total. 28 feet. Get up, walk 28 feet. Imagine having fingernails that long. Now I can bet you they were all curled around and spiraled and crap. American Lee Redman Started growing them, and I bet you she lived in Florida, started growing them in 1979 and set a record in 2008. Sadly, she lost her nails in a car crash in 2009. I can't even imagine trying to drive with 28 feet nails. I don't understand. (laughs) Here we go. Okay, so I'm probably going to have a few people come after me for this fun fact. Uh, one of them's probably going to be my daughter. Another one would probably, could probably, if he listened to the podcast, would be my ex. And if my grandmother was still alive, she would wholeheartedly agree with this. The origin of the word sinister. The origin of the word sinister reflects a historical bias against left-handed people. It comes from the Latin word for left, which also, which was also seen as unlucky or evil. <laughs> And it's really funny because I can write with both my left and my right hand. If I have a baseball bat or a golf club or a hockey stick in my hands, I'm always doing it left-handed. Hmm. Imagine that. Sharp pointy things I wield left-handed too. Anyway. Okay. So here's one for all our, our cartoon nerds out there. Cartoonist Mort Walker, creator of Beetle Bailey, came up with names for things we often see in comics and cartoons. <laughs> I don't know if I can pronounce this. B-R-I-F-F-I-T is the dust cloud a character makes when he runs away quickly. Pludes are the beads of sweat when a character is under stress, under duress. And grolics are symbols such as hashtag, at, asterisk, and percent that stand for curse words. Interesting. Okay, so one more. I'm going to make it a really good one. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so here's something else I'm adding to my California trip, all right? 
And it's probably way off the beaten path, nowhere, anywhere near where I'm going. But you know what? I'm driving. I don't care. And I don't even eat them, but I still have to go there. (laughs) Did you know that almost all commercially grown artichokes, 99.9% come from California? One town in particular, Castroville, is named the artichoke capital of the world. Now, you remember in movies, I can't even remember what movie it was, and they were doing... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think it was National Lampoon's Vacation, and they had dead grandma tied to the roof of the car in the rocking chair, and they were driving across the states because they couldn't fly because they had dead grandma in a rocking chair tied to the roof of the station wagon. And they would stop at, like, you know, the world's largest ball of yarn and the world's largest frying pan. So that's kind of like what this trip is turning into being. The last time I was there, I actually got to stand on Route 66. I stayed on Route 66. Didn't get one darn picture of a sign that said Route 66. So, I mean, I even went down the street with a big, huge arch that says, Welcome to Route 66! Did not get one picture. So when I go back, I have to get a picture of that. Oh, that's kind of cool. This is a cool one. You ever, you know, know, give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Okay, so do you know what's inside a Kit Kat? Broken Kit Kats. Broken Kit Kats that are damaged during production get ground up and go between the wafers inside, along with cocoa and sugar. That's a way to not let anything go to waste. So a Kit Kat is actually environmentally friendly. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Oh, oh, number 56 just ruined my childhood. Okay, I am stopping after this one because I'm about to ruin a whole bunch of people's childhoods. Did you know that the different colored of Fruit Loops cereal all taste the same? There's no grape flavored. There's no strawberry. There's none of this. There's none of that. They all taste the same. They're not individual flavors. Childhood ruined. Completely ruined. Because I used to fight with my brother and my sister when we were kids over the different colors of Fruit Loops. Everybody wanted the red ones. Yeah. Oh, this one. Yeah, this one's everybody knew this one. Pound cake got its name because of the original recipe is a pound of butter, pound of flour, pound of sugar. And, you know, it's a pound of each. Butter, flour, sugar, and eggs. Makes a lot of cake. But it's, it, it, yeah, pound cake. Could you imagine a pound of eggs and a pound of sugar, pound of flour, and a pound of butter? That's a lot. Ew, I don't think I want to eat flaming Hot Cheetos. Because they were developed by a janitor. Think about it. Yep, Flamin' Hot Cheetos were developed by a janitor at Frito-Lay. He got the idea after putting chili powder on some reject Cheetos and then pitched it to the CEO. He's now a successful executive and motivational speaker. And a movie in the works about his life. There you go. Okay, so those are our Friday fun facts. All right, moving on. The next topic that I wanted to talk about, which is... Loki. Now, let me give you a little background history on the actual Loki, okay? Loki is the god of mischief. He's the brother of Thor. Um, He's neither good nor evil because his main job is just to create chaos. And chaos does not adhere to good or evil aspects. It's just chaos. So, Loki is the prince of Adgard, Odin's son, and he's the rightful heir of the Jotunheim. Now, He likes to sow chaos through Asgard because he wants to be king. Whatever. There is a lot of mythology surrounding Loki within the Norse pantheon. I have several friends that follow um, a Norse spiritual path called Asatru. And no, not all Asatru are, I can't even think of the word, white supremacists. Just throwing that out there, clearing that up right now. Don't be coming at me. 
Okay, so anyway, he's considered a trickster god and is known for being neither fully good nor evil since his main aim was to always create chaos. Now, despite his father being a giant, he is still counted as a member of the Aesir and is a tribe, of, which is a tribe of deities, including Odin, Frigg, Tyr, and Thor. Um, and I'm not going to go too much into a lot of the history and, and the mythology surrounding Loki, because I know that my Norse friends will pick out something that I have said wrong. <laughs> Because I don't follow that. I'm not up on the poetic eddas. I am not up on my Norse mythology other than I play Age of Mythology on the computer. And I like to have, like, I like to play the Norse every once in a while. Um, another one of my favorites are the Egyptians. So Loki has a long history, a long mythology already. And in the Avengers movie, they depicted him fairly well. I mean, they kept fairly close to the mythology of the trickster god himself and the the Norse history in it. Now, <clears throat> I'm about to geek out on you. I know, you don't get to hear me geek out very often because I'm usually pretty laid back and cool. But, you know, here we go. So, my best friend and I, Crystal, love all the Avengers movies. Watch them all. They're great. And we had decided a long time ago that when it came to choosing the superhero husbands from the movies, because, you know, you're as girls, you kind of have to do that. It's what you do. She always got Thor, hands down, whatever. Thor was hers. And if she could actually be one, Hulk smash. For me, I don't know what it is. I just have this thing for Loki. I don't know if it's the off-the-cuff sense of humor. I mean... Obviously, Tom Hiddleston plays the character very, very well. He has fully embraced that smart aleck, off-the-cuff, dry humor. Um, and the accent doesn't hurt any at all. So when we saw the trailers for the TV show Loki coming out by Marvel Studios, we were like, ooh, okay. How are they going to do this? Because if you followed the movies, he dies. So how is there this TV show now featuring him? When in the universe did this happen? And they actually handle it very, very well. When they get the, oh, I can't remember the name of the cube. But anyway, that shiny little cube. <laughs> and yes, I know. I hear all my geeky friends screaming at me from the nether, you know, regions. And you know when he vanishes at that point? Okay, so he orbs himself out of there and he thinks he's all free and he's all lovely and the uh, time police, can't remember the name of them, catch him. And they take him back to this place that's part of time but out of time and they are the keepers of the sacred timeline. They keep track of how things are supposed to play out. And they have taken this Loki. Now, there is more than one Loki in each timeline, in each scenario as it plays out. And they're having a problem with a rogue Loki. So they get this Loki to hunt down that Loki. And it's really kind of cool because they come face to face a couple of times. Now, you're probably wondering, how do they handle the death of his mother? How do they handle the fall of Asgard? How do they handle Ragnarok? How have they handled all of this stuff that happens after that movie? Well... That all is in an alternate timeline that another Loki is in and following. And they show it to him. He's sitting, 
he's been arrested and he's in his little handcuffs. There is no magic in this realm. No magic works at all. So he's trying to like snap his fingers. He's trying to do his thing. And at one point he's standing in front of the judge and he's got his hands out and he's like, okay, just wait for it. He's like, eh, and there's nothing. And he's like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Eh, and still nothing. And that's when the judge laughs at him and she's like, there's no magic here. It's not going to work for you. You're going to have to use your words like a big boy. And he has no words because he's so used to being able to just, you know, use his magic and get his own way. He's supposed to be put to death for crimes against the sacred timeline. And he's not, obviously. He's he's saved by, and I, I keep meaning Owen Wilson. Yes, Owen Wilson plays Mobius. Mobius saves technically saves Loki because he wants to study Loki. He wants to study this incarnation, this version of Loki and catch the rogue Loki that is killing all the timekeepers, all the time lords. Now, nobody's ever actually seen the time lords. This other Loki's kind of taking out all of the military, trying to get up to them. So, and they call them variants. It's, it's really, really good. And I like the way they started the episode. The very, very first episode started at the end of the movie where he goes missing. So it kind of gives you that continuity from that point through. And I mean, you are immediately, because if you've seen that movie, even just that movie, you know the scene, you know, they come off the elevator, Hulk come down the stairs, Hulk's not a happy camper because he didn't get to ride in the elevator, he's smashing because he's mad, and chaos ensues, which, you know, is kind of what Loki does, and Loki's gone. So you open the very first episode with that scene, and you're put right into the movie, and it's like, oh, this is like a natural continuation to the movie, and 51 minutes later, you're going, wait a minute. I mean, I have to wait another seven days for the next one. Hold it. This was not a movie. Because they've blended it so perfectly that it's it's almost like you could sit and watch that entire movie and then tack that onto the end of it and it would just keep going for another 51 minutes and make total and complete sense. Every explanation to explain everything that happens from that point on, all of his interactions, everything that happens to Captain America and Thor and everybody, like everybody else, all of the other Avengers are all explained. So you're not left there going, there's a continuity error. This is not right. This, this, they've, they've completely obliterated or ignored all of these other things that happened in the Marvel Universe. No, they've incorporated all of that into the first episode. So you're not left with any questions. You're not left with any going, well, it's not right. You don't mean that. That's not right. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't acknowledge this and, and they didn't acknowledge that because, I mean, my first question was how are they going to acknowledge the death of his mother? If they take him from that point, that hasn't happened yet. And if they remove him, how is that going to happen? Well, it does. And they show it to him. And the reaction that he has watching it as an outsider and watching how he reacted during that whole thing, being locked in the cell and everything, watching that reaction, seeing it all play out on a screen in front of him. And he couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't stop it. He couldn't change it. And you think when that all happened, he was a different Loki at that point from the point of the, where this TV show is picking up. So it hits him really hard. And he kind of makes that transition from... Loki the trickster being, you know, a pain in the ass and wanting to be the bad guy to where he was when his mother died to, you know, acknowledging that maybe he wasn't 
the best person and that he had regrets. And you kind of watch that happen in a space of seconds. Like every emotion plays across his face. It, it's just incredibly done. And like I said, Tom Hiddleston is such an incredible actor and he completely embraces the character. And he has brought that character that he played in the show, like in the movies, and brought that right into the TV show, that same level of acting brought right into the TV show. And you're watching it every week going, ah, ah. <laughs> like it's incredible. And Owen Wilson, I mean, that man has not lost any of his acting chops at all. And to see him in a more serious role, because I mean, you're used to seeing him as the slapstick, sidekick, goofy buddy. And here he is playing this serious investigator, detective, trying to solve this crime and trying to gain, like, exert his his dominance over Loki and reminding Loki that you're not in charge here anymore. And they have this... <laughs> the, first, the first time I saw it, I texted Crystal right away and I went, oh my God, Loki's on a retractable leash. You ever seen those leashes dogs are on and you push the button and out they run and then you push the button and it yanks them back? Kind of like that, but it's an invisible. So every time Loki would try and get up and walk away or he would go to lunge... Mobius had pushed the button and boom, right back into his chair, like on a retract. And you would see his body go flying across the room and back into the chair. And at one point in time, the chair's not there, but he still gets zapped back to the position he was in when he was sitting in the chair and he ends up on the floor and he's kind of looking around and Mobius is like, well, it only works on people, not furniture. <laughs> it only resets people, not furniture. It's a reset. It's basically what it is, is it's a reset. And they have these little charges throughout the show too, that they reset the timeline. So if something goes awry in... A specific timeline they can go in clean up the mess and then put these little charges around and they completely reset the timeline back to before the screw up could you imagine and the timeline continues and they guard the sacred timelines so i i, I have to admit i am thoroughly enjoying it and what is today i have a date with crystal tonight at eight o'clock we will be watching episode three I think, or episode four. Episode four could be, yes, episode four is, nope, episode three. I'm sorry, episode three airs today. Now, there is some talk that I'm seeing about making Loki buy, but I mean, if anybody's ever actually done any history or any reading on the mythology of the actual Loki, it's kind of a given. <laughs> it's not a surprise, <laughs> really. If you've seen him in the movies, it's not really a surprise. <laughs> The way he flirts with Iron Man, I mean, come on. It's not a surprise. So anybody who's getting up in arms about the fact that they may be making him buy on the show and whether or not Disney's going to embrace that, it's not a surprise. And I'm pretty sure Disney knows that. Anyway, okay. So I suggest, I highly, highly, highly suggest, I cannot stress enough, go check it out. If you loved any of the Avenger movies, if you loved Loki as a character in any of the Avenger movies, if you want to see him in a different kind of light, I suggest you go check out Loki on Disney. It is well worth it. I haven't had to do a waiting a week for a show, show in a long time, and it's driving me nuts having to wait seven days for the next one. <laughs> but, you know, gives me something to look forward to every week. So, yeah, I uh, I really, really enjoy it. I'm, I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. 
Okay. So, so remember I was mentioning earlier about, you know, temporary situations and, and, and temporary things. There's a lot of temporary things going on in the company right now, too, that I can, uh, I can share with you. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And if I'm not, he'll get to listen to it when he has to do the RRS feed. He can just take it out and you'll never know. So right now I'm kind of wearing more than one hat. I am the editor-in-chief that goes, you know, without saying I have been the editor-in-chief for a while now. I am the editor-in-chief for the World of Myth magazine. I am the editor-in-chief for Dark Myth Publications. Um, We have been on the search for a circulations manager. We have been on the search for a PR slash advertising manager. And I kind of may have inadvertently thrown my hat. Well, okay, no. I full on threw my hat into the ring for circulations manager because I'm already, excuse me, I'm already maintaining the um, social media pages. I'm already instructing. I already have an employee working underneath me monitoring and working with our social media pages. So it seemed a natural transition for me to just kind of take over circulations because I'm already doing it. I'm already taking care of that job. And then I kind of got into the advertising arena accidentally. I did a couple of voiceovers for the plugs for um, the podcasts for some of our clients. And I'll be doing more. And then I did some videos for the launch of MythMart. And I mean, I have a lot of social media platforms. So my reach is not like I don't have thousands, like tens of thousands of followers. But if you add up all of the followers on every one of my accounts, it's probably up around the 5,000 range. So when I post something, I tend to post it across all of my accounts. So it reaches lots of people. And I posted this, um, these three videos that I had done and I spaced them out throughout the day. I think the ones that I posted, I haven't checked the stats on I mean, it's kind of hard to check the stats on Instagram. You kind of just have to go by how many likes or how many views it's had. And I don't go by how many likes because I myself know that I will scroll through stuff and go, oh, yeah, I like that. And forget to heart it and just keep scrolling and go, oh, I like that too. And I'll share it, but I won't heart it because I will forget. I'll just keep scrolling. So I go by how many views the video has had. And it had a lot of activity kind of happening on um, Instagram. Most of the activity that I got, most of the interaction that I got on them was on TikTok, surprisingly enough. And that is actually a video platform. And I just found out that because of the amount of people that I have, the types of videos that I post and the fact that I am 90% of the time on the For You page, I am now have early access to three minute videos. I can make three minute videos on TikTok instead of one minute videos. So you're going to be seeing a lot more, possibly more ranting, possibly more selling. Um, But I got a a message um, the next day, you know, hey, marketing team. So now I, I try and spread a lot of the things that are happening, like the video that we did for or that um, Joe Sparks over at Jaisal Modcast did for Don DeBrail's um, story that they're doing the audio experience for. They did a little teaser trailer, which was absolutely incredible. That was like the coolest thing. I was running around showing everybody in the house, check this out, check this out, look at this, I play the doctor. Yeah, listen, I play the doctor. And they're like, I'm running around showing everybody, check this video out, it is so cool. 
like it was just it blew me away it was really really cool i'm looking at the level of things that we're doing and i mean i'm wearing now i'm wearing the circulation department hat i'm wearing the temporary i'm wearing the advertising hat i'm wearing the editor-in-chief hat i'm wearing the editor-in-chief for the world of myth magazine hat i am secretary to the board of directors i'm also on the board of directors i am unofficial official secretary to david k montoya (laughs) um i am the unofficial editor for most of the things that you see go out, I do the press releases that go out for our company. I write them up and then give them to whoever requires them. But uh, there's a lot of changes going on in the company right now. And there's a lot of positions that need to be filled. And a lot of us are kind of playing double duty. We have this department that is our main department. Like my main department is the publishing department for Dark Myth Publications. That is my department. That is my lane. This is what I'm doing. This is where I am. But I do have several off ramps that I take into other lanes <laughs> that, that don't really have anybody driving in those lanes. Um, and I think we're all kind of taking, I know I am, I know um, Joe and Jenna have kind of taken a, an active role in the advertising of our own departments. And we're kind of, I'm going to be talking to Joe to kind of um, see if we can amalgamate our advertising inspirations and see if we can't start doing more for the company as well. Because I'm advertising for the company. He's kind of advertising for the company. And I think if the two of us work together, it's just going to like explode. So there's a lot going on in the company right now that you guys don't really get to see because it's all kind of behind the scenes. Um, You see all the posts for Scarefair. You have no idea how big this thing is going to be. (laughs) It's insanely big. I suggest if you are coming to Scarefair, wear comfortable shoes. There's a lot of walking. You're going to be doing a lot of walking, a lot of standing, a lot of checking stuff out. Yeah, I think we're at two buildings now. Pretty sure we're at two buildings now. Possibly three, maybe. Uh, There was a rumor that there might be three buildings. (laughs) There could be stuff moving outside. I don't know. Wear comfortable shoes. If you can do a cosplay costume and get those overlays instead of having to wear the big clunky funky boots, you can get these overlays that look like big clunky funky boots. Now I want to go and get me a pair of big clunky funky boots just because I like the name. I would wear running shoes and the overlays because your feet are going to be sore. I will not be wearing heels that day. I did wear heels at PCE because I'm short and I felt very intimidated around all of these really tall people. And everybody I was hanging out with was a very tall person. My feet were killing me by the end of the day. I couldn't wait to get out of my boots. I'm not going to be wearing heels. It's not going to happen. I'm going to be short. So whatever cosplay I happen to come up with is going to have to be short. So yeah, there's a lot going on in the company. We don't put everything in the newsletter because if we did, the newsletter would go on forever. And you are getting all the information. You're just getting it spaced out because there's a lot of information. And the the minutes... When I do the minutes, I do the highlights of the meeting. You're not getting everything in the meeting word for word. Because again, we are all very long-winded. Our meetings last upwards of three hours. Sometimes it takes us two hours just to get through old business. So yeah, the minutes are the jot notes, the cliff notes of what has happened in the meeting. If you ever have any questions about what's going on in the company, I can tell you honestly and upfront, we have nothing to hide and I will answer your questions completely. And I do want to touch on speaking of answering questions. 
I had posed a question on the Dark Myth Publications Facebook page about what you expected from a publisher. And I got some incredible responses to the questions and things that people expected. And while we have already established what we do and what we offer an author coming in, because we are a small publishing house, we don't ask for money. Don't ever think we are ever, if you ever get an email or a message from us claiming to be us and saying, hey, I need some money. Can you send me like $5,000 and I will do your book up? That is not us. I can guarantee you right now, that is not us at all, flat out. But those questions were absolutely excellent. And it gave me an opportunity to, as a writer, to answer, yes, this is what I was expecting as well. This is what... I would require of a publisher or of an editor. It also gives me an opportunity to see where I can A, present the skills that I already have and B, polish up some skills that maybe I need to have and meet the needs of the authors coming in because that's what I want to do. That's what the questions were for, to see where maybe in our publishing company were areas that we needed to improve on, areas that we were already doing very well on. MJ, I am going to get to your question, I promise. And then I posed a new one about what you would think if you were hired by a publisher and you were given a contract, at what point do you think is a good time to send in your work and have them look it over just to make sure that you're both on the same track, you're both of the same mindset, you're both on the same page. So you don't get 50 or 70,000 words in and your editor or your publisher goes, oh, no, that is not what I was expecting. That is not what we had talked about. And I'm getting some good responses to that question, too. So I will be posing a question at a minimum once a week. So keep an eye on that. I will be posing it by video because I want to be more than just a name on a piece of paper to you guys. I want to be more than just a voice on a podcast. I want you to know me as a person, know what I look like. So if you see me at an event, you can go, hey, oh my gosh, I know you. How are you? Good to see you. And I'm going to look at you and go, um, you are, I need a name. <laughs> because I see, okay, you know what? I have, I'm really bad with names. I'm really good with faces. So anyway, I want you guys to get to know not just me, but to get to know Dave. And the people that you're going to be working with if you submit to Dark Myth Publications and you're given a writing contract, I want you to know us. I don't want us to be these names on a piece of paper, these strangers, these people that you don't know that you're not sure if you can trust because trust is earned and I am willing to put in the work and earn your trust. I'm willing to prove to you that our trust is worthy. That you can put your faith in our company and we will get the job done. Plain and simple. We will get the job done. I think I'm going to end on that note. Keep an eye out. Lots of interesting things are coming. Lots of exciting things happening over on the Jason Modcast. As you can see, tune into MythBits because that podcast is really starting to take off and they're really doing some amazing things over there. I can't wait to hear Don DeBrail's story being done as an audio experience. I'm really excited about it. And... I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with my member of the month win. So remember, this is the kind of stuff, This is these are the kind of things that are happening now. When you win member of the month, you're going to have something really, really cool like this happen. So sharpen up those pens because I think the competition is going to start getting a little stiff. 
All right, everybody. Uh, like I said, the countdown is on. Next week is episode 50. So we are only three episodes away from the big 52. Um, I'm already starting to accumulate some sound bites for that episode. Uh, it's going to be embarrassing for me, entertaining for you. How about we just put it that way? So, okay, everybody. Uh, until next week, I will see you all. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't lick shit. All right. See ya. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.